with the universe and then it took about 49 years until he was able to maybe have the courage to even pretend to actualize that in some way and only when he was 75 did Hashem come to him again it's not like in between there were these big moments of God speaking to him but most of his life there was just dreadful silence on the other end when he was 75, Hashem said, Lech lecha, go and I'll, I'll tell you when to stop. And Avram just wandering around aimlessly, not knowing exactly where he's supposed to go. And trusting that voice, trusting Hashem, that external voice, trusting his own internal voice. And when you begin to realize that it wasn't a constant conversation and that there were many, many moments 
when Avram Avinu was left wondering if he was making a terrible mistake or, you know, where exactly this guiding force keeps on going to. And like I mentioned the other night, the Torah from the Kedusha Slevi, that Avram Avinu's blessing to the world is the blessing of Veheye Bracha, the inversion of the Shem Havaya, where instead of Yudhe preceding Vavhe, where God is starting from the top, Kutshebrichu is leading Shrinte, the, the presence of the Jewish people in the world, which at this point just consists of Avram and Sarah and you know, a few Chevra who are latched onto Avram. Avram Vinu inverts the whole paradigm and becomes Vehayebracha, Vavhe before Yudhe. Where Avram Vinu has to trust his own intuition and has to learn to bring the blessing of human initiative. And so when Avram Vinu is asking himself, like, where is this God that keeps disappearing? Where is this God that keeps disappearing? Hey, Tani. Um, so Hashem is saying to him, I'm giving you space to become a partner with me. Like, if you want to remain on the level of a child with me the whole time, that's fine. But if you want to become my friend, and eventually my spouse, then you need to learn how to operate on your own as an extension of me, and not to have me hold your hand. Hisalech lefanai, like Hashem says to Avram instead of saying to Lod. And in fact, there's a Givaldic Torah from the Svas Emes. The Svas Emes says, Lech lecha, you should leave the land where you were born, from the place of your birth, from your father's house, and go to the place that I will show you. And Dafka, the way that the Svas Emes kind of makes it sound is that wherever Avram Avinu is and whatever Avram Avinu is doing in his life, there's almost this built-in feeling of I will show you. The answer will always be I will show you. The answer will never be you have been shown. You know. But rather, just lech lecha and I will show you. Always in the future tense. And that's how you build a relationship. You build a relationship by creating trust and knowing that if I continue to follow this voice, it keeps on ending up good. And every time it sounds like, or it seems like it's, it seems like it's maybe leading me to a place which is scary or which is uncertain. Every time I follow this, this, this voice that's leading me towards my own self-discovery, each of the Nisyonos of Avram Avinu, each of the Nisyonos of Avram Avinu is simultaneously, the Nisayon is phonetically related to the word like it's an, an, an isayon is with a samach, but it's related to the same word with, an, with, a, with a sin. An isayon, like the Ramban writes and other Rishonim write, that an isayon is in order to lift you up from a lesson of insoa, to lift up. It's from the same part of speech, the sin and the samach. And not only that, but we know that the word nase itself, like the Ramban writes as well, the word nase means a flag, because I'm going to present to you who you really are so that everyone will be able to see it from far away. I know who you are already. I already know who you are, but you have to prove to yourself who you are. And the way that you're going to prove to yourself who you are is through trust and through knowing that it's never going to be that you're in a place where I have shown you, but it will always be the place that I am showing you. 
I will show you. I'll continue to show you forever. You'll never, and, and, and thank God for that, that we'll never reach a state where we'll say, you know, Rabbi Shalom, I'll take it from here. Thank you for showing me, and now I'll take it from here. Because if the destination is not just Eretz Yisrael as a physical geographical space, but if the destination is eventually to come to Yerushalayim, to come to the Beis HaMikdash, and in that place of the Beis HaMikdash, to begin the slow and steady ascent from earth and to climb the ladder that Yaakov Avinu will eventually see, to climb that infinite ladder to Shemayim, like the Orachayim HaKadosh that we've quoted so many times together, that Kedoshim Tihiyu you should be holy because I'm holy. So the Rechaim HaKadosh says, you should be holy because I'm holy. That's akin to one of the great chess masters saying, I'm going to checkmate this guy in three moves, so you checkmate this guy in three moves. I should be holy because Hashem is holy. Like, you're holy because you're Hashem. I'm so the Rechaim HaKadosh says, that's not what Hashem is saying. Hashem is saying that if you want your holiness to be dependent on what your older brother does, or what your younger brother does, or what your Abba does, or what some Rebbe does, or what some Shanavekai does, or what some Shanavekai last year did, you're comparing to yourself to because you're Shanavekai this year, or whoever your role model is, you will eventually get to a place where you will be Kadosh. But I'm offering you Kadoshim Tihiyu which means to infinitely be progressing towards a holiness that you'll never reach because because I am the barometer of Kedusha. And that's an infinite Kedusha. So if you want to eventually get to the end and therefore max out and never have room for growth anymore, so then go ahead, make someone else your barometer for Kedusha. But if you want to continuously be, become holier and holier and holier, then Kedoshim Tihiyu, you will in the ever-present future continuously become more and more holy because I am your barometer. I am the end goal. And that is exactly what's happening. Hashem is setting this up with Avram Avinu already to the land that I will show you. Ah, when you've gotten to that land, I'll show you another one and a deeper one. And I'll show you a deeper one. And when you've arrived in Eretz Yisrael geographically, then I'll show you Yerushalayim. When you've arrived at Yerushalayim, I'll show you the old city. And when you've gone up to Harabayas, I'll show you that Harabayas goes infinitely, infinitely, infinitely deep. And so there are many drushes about lech lecha, lech lecha, go to yourself. And, but lech lecha, I would say, also is a doubling over of lech lecha because every walking is a further walking. Last night I went to a siyam, I was invited to go speak at a siyam of Sefer Shoftim, in the beginning of, uh, of, uh, of uh, Shmuel Aleph at Leva Torah. Um, in honor of uh, the second year site of someone by the name of Michael Weiss, a Chashiv Jew, who happens to be my wife's uncle as well, which is why I was invited. And um, at the Siyum, I said that the Vilna Gon has this Torah where he points out that the word Siyum, the inner letters and the outer letters are the same. Samach Yud Vav Nun Siyum. Samach is spelled Samach Mem Chaf. Samach is 60, Mem and Chaf is 60. 
Yud is the next letter in Siyum. Yud is 10. Yud is spelled Yud Vav Dalad. Vav and Dalad is 6 and 4 is 10. Vav is spelled Vav Vav, so the inner and outer letters are the same. That's not a, a, a Chiddush. And, and Mem is Mem Mem. Mem and Mem are the same. So the inner letters of Siyum and the outer letters of Siyum are the same. So the Gura had this Torah that those who are involved in supporting those who were involved in supporting the scene, those who were behind the scenes, the spouse who was watching the kids while the other spouse, whether it's the husband or the wife, was able to learn Torah, or uh, the people who were financially backing you be able to learn, or the people who taught you how to read the Aleph base that you'll be able to learn. Whatever support was behind the scenes has equal share. That hidden support that doesn't get seen has equal share in the scene as the person who actually finished the scene. Those who come to celebrate and to Mechazik, the person who learned, have equal share. But I added, as well, which I don't think necessarily it's my own original thought, that every time a person comes to the completion of something, comes to a siyum, comes to the land that I have shown you, it becomes revealed that embedded within that siyum, embedded within the sof, is a whole nother strata of existence that's beneath it, that just to start over again because it's infinitely deep. And so the siyum, the word siyum, has an internal, internal hidden piece compartment to it that tells you that as soon as you've come to the end, all you've done is come to an end which is another beginning. And so when Hashem tells Avram Avinu, it means I will continuously show you newer and deeper and more profound levels. So Avram Avinu spent most of his life singing the nigan that we just sang a second ago. I'm waiting for your salvation every single day. When am I going to see that new plateau so that I can start over again? Every single second. There were a few guys over the past uh, months or so who are here for a second year. And it was more than one person who said, you know, I'm having trouble. Like, uh, I feel like the spark went out. You know, like Shana Aleph, come to Shana Bet, this is like every year and, and all, all of life, you know, happens in, like, there's a pitgam chasidi, ain chasidus ke chasidus harishona. There's no chasidus, there's no passion like that first passion. Ain chasidus ke chasidus harishona. And the same thing is true in, in marriage and being a, a parent and also like, Entering fifth grade, you know, you come with your pencil sharpened and everything's like, yeah. And then like, it, where, and then like the spark goes out. So my reaction to one person um, was, I said, Mazel tov. I said, Mazel tov. Because all that means is that you've reached a new level. And all that means is that you've gotten to a land that Hashem will show you. And Hashem has shown you that land. And now there's a new land and you don't know where it is even. You're not even sure where it is, which is why there's no passion because you, you just feel like you're wandering and trying to find this next location. And there's a gift when you first find that new location, when you first take a sip of that new, that new darga. So for a month, for two months, for three months, you know, it takes about five, six months to find that new darga, like, like some people did last year and some people are doing now. But like I always say, like when you're sitting by the Hanukkah candles in your Shana Aleph, and you're like, whoa, what? What is this sublime feeling that I'm feeling? I never felt this before. That is getting to a land that you've been shown. 
And Hashem gives you a gift that you get to live on that little place while you're unpacking and things are, you know, while you're getting used to it. But then, like, eventually you fall into the routine, into the shigra, into the routine. And then you get a mazel tov because once you've reached that routine, then you could find it even deeper than you had it before. Then your lech lecha becomes lech, 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 keep going and going and going. A new siyam that has a new hatchala, that has a new beginning again. Hadrin Allah will come back to it and go deeper and deeper and deeper. And when we're not there, when we're in the act of wandering, when we're wandering and we're yearning for Hashem, so in those moments we're still trying to find, we're still yearning for Hashem. So then we have to, under our breath, we have to sing that song of I'm waiting all day for you to show me the next location, but in the meantime, I'm trusting you and I'm dragging after you. And I'm trusting my own intuition, and I'm getting advice from my friends to make sure, and I'm getting advice from my teachers, and I'm getting advice from my parents to make sure that I'm going in the right direction in the meantime.
I'm going to try to teach you guys a new, a new song. Not a new song of mine. Um, what do we need for this? You guys will come in for the chorus. How about that? I'll do it that way. Okay? So it goes like this. Very beautiful nigan. It's a Chabad nigan. Maybe some of you know it. But maybe some of you don't. The song is called Kol Bayar. Goes like this. I call a bayar, an old shomea, of Laban in Kore. A voice in the forest, an old shomea, I hear. Av Labanim Kore, a father calling to his children. What's he calling? I born, I born, I heichan alachte. Asher alai, kach shachachte. My children, my children, where have you gone? So that you've already forgotten me. Bonai, bonai, lechul My children, my children, go to my house. Return to my house. Ki lo uchal shavet yechidi. Because I don't want to be alone anymore. Avinu, this is us talking, Avinu, our father, our father. Eich neilech, how can we go? The guard is watching and blocking the gate. And then the chorus that you guys are going to sing goes like this.
It's an old Chabad song. I don't remember exactly who wrote it. I think one of the Chassidim wrote it. And so one of the Chassidim of the seventh Lubavitch Rebbe, if I'm not mistaken, tried to introduce a fifth stanza because the end is that children say, Father, Father, what should we do? There's a, there's a guard who's blocking the gate. And the fifth stanza, the, the Chassid wrote a response from Hashem 
that was something to the effect of, yeah, but what kind of excuses can you make? Like, if you really have a will, you can, you'll, you'll make it in. And Lubavitcher didn't like the stanza. He said, no. He said, Hashem has to answer for himself. That's our time. We say to Hashem, Shuva, Hashem says, Shuva alai, Shuva aleichem. Hashem says, Shuva alai, you return to me, Shuva aleichem, and I'll return to you. And we say back to Hashem, Hashivinu Hashem yelecha, v'nashuva. Return us back to you, v'nashuva, and we'll return. And seeing as, you know, it's a, so to speak, a home corner advantage for us being here in, on earth. So the Rebbe was makbid that we, Hashem has to answer. We say, Rabban Shalom, there's all these guards, and that's our job. Our job is to turn to Hashem and say, Rabban Shalom, it's hard for me. It's hard for me. And it's our job to turn to Hashem and say, Rabban Shalom, it's hard for me. And Hashem has to, Hashem has to answer. Rabbi Nachman wrote, to bring together the worlds of Chabad and, and Breslov, Rabbi Nachman said that when a person wakes up in the morning, or as a person is buttoning the final buttons of their Shabbat shirt, or maybe before this, I don't know exactly when you're supposed to do this, but when a person wakes up in the morning and before Shabbos, and before Yom Tov, and before any big thing, a person's return to Hashem and say, Rabbi Shalom, I want that my divine service in this aspect, in this day, I want my divine service on this Shabbos, on this Yom Tov, to be perfect, absolutely perfect. My will is to do this perfectly, with no false starts, no trip-ups. I want it to be absolutely perfect. But if you want it to be otherwise, then it'll be otherwise. I'm just a person, you know? And we have to try our best. Rabbi Nachman said, once a person turns to Hashem before Shabbos, and honestly, not fake, not just like reciting a script because Rabbi Nachman said to say it, but honestly turns to Hashem and says, I want today to be the best. That I should not in any way violate a single sifkatan of the Mishnah Bura or of the, any of the other four chalakim of the Shofar. The Mishnah Bura is only on Rechaim. So once a person turns to Hashem and says, I just want to, and, and not only that, but I want to live with passion like it's written in the Sifri Chassidus, and I want to learn, I want to live with ethics like it's written in the Sifri Musr, and I want to live with wisdom that's written in, in the works that you've revealed to the scholars of the nations of the world in psychology. I want to live like a perfect human being. So then Rabbi Nachman said, you don't have to be so worried anymore in the Shas Maisa, that you shouldn't try, but you don't have to be so anxious that if it's happening a different way, like, you already put it, you threw it all on Hashem. You threw it all on Hashem. And so we say to the Rabbana Shalom, Avinu, Avinu, Eich Nelech, how could we possibly go if there's a Shomer blocking the derech? Hashem opened the gate for us. That's what we do every time we daven. No? Is that not what we do every single time we daven? We say, Hashem, Tzfasai Tiftach, You'd make this happen. I don't know how to daven. The only thing that I can do when I wake up in the morning and the only thing I can do when I get up to Davin Shmon Esrei, and the only thing I can do when I put on my tefillin or when I'm putting a, 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 a pruta, a, a, a shekel, and a few agarot in the, in the pushka, the only thing I can do is offer myself to Hashem as a, as a guitar. I said, Rabban play me. Here. Hashem, svasai tiftach ufiyogita. So open up my lips and, 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 let, and let it come out. You play me. I'm offering you to play me. 
and I'm going to try to get out of the way to the best of my ability. Barizal said, Halacha, how about this? If they would have told you this at your moment, so I would have had a very different experience the first few years of your uh, commandedness. Barizal says that Halacha is Roshet Tevos, Haryu Lashem Kola Aretz. Halacha, Haryu Lashem Kola Aretz. The whole world is singing to God. The halachos, like if you ever looked at a piece of sheet music, it's very boring. It's just like these little notes. Some of them have like slashes going through them. Some of them are like put here, here, here. Looks like a kids are shochanah. Looks like a. <laughs> but if you know how to read a kids are shochanah, if you know how to read a piece of sheet music, then then it's just it's it's breathtakingly beautiful. Halacha is Haryu Hashem Kol The whole world is a symphony singing to Hashem. And the only thing that we can do is offer ourselves up to Hashem to be played. That's Avram Avinu. After Avram Hidun gets his brismila and he goes from being Avram. He goes from being Avram to being Avraham. So he goes from being incomplete to being complete. Like I said before, his tamim. Walk before me and you will be tamim. Interestingly, based on what you were saying before, tamim. I think that's the Lashem. It means that you will be continuously more tamim, like more kadosh, like more areka. But is Hashem saying to Avram Avinu that if you give yourself a personality to become Avraham, so the Svarma Kadoshim say, this is already Dvaram Shutim, I think. I don't think I'm saying anything here, which is going to come to the shock to anyone. But the name Avram, after he gets the final hey, after he gets that hey, he goes from being Avram to being Avraham. So then now his name is equal to 248, 248 limbs. Because after Avramavinu gets a brismila, like we find already in the Rishonim, that the Rishonim say that bris is the one mitzvah that unlocks the other 612. Bris. Right? Bris is tariag minus what it's bris instead of achon. Taf. Bez, Resh, Yud are all, right? Tough, Resh, Yud, Bez, Taryab, is those Yud's bris. Because it's that one mitzvah that unlocks all the other mitzvahs. When a person has a bris, a person gets a bris, so then they learn how to read the sheet music. And once Abraham gets a bris, it becomes 248, and now he could offer himself up to their emotional. There's a Gevaltiyid, who lived in the world named Rav David Zeller. Rav David Zeller was a Talmud of Rav Shlomo. Kalbach. Rav David Zeller was very special. So there's a book that I read when I was sick. Uh, one of my friends gave it to me. Someone who started as a student became a friend. Gave me this book from Rav David Zeller, which is basically just a like little... Uh, vignettes of his journey 
like every chapter is about a different personality that he met along the way, but it's like in chronological order and it tells about his journey towards Yiddishkeit. Amazing, amazing Sefer Ath. It escapes to me the name of the book. If you just look up David Zeller, you'll find it. Um, so he talks about this time that he spent in India. I mean, a lot of the book takes place in India. Uh, and this person that he spent time with, a Jewish woman actually, by the name, she went by the name The Mother. That was her name, The Mother. She was like an Indian guru woman. Um, if I recall from the book a little bit, she was like a daughter of a French. She was like raised in, in France at first and like was very special from a young age and went to India and became uh, this monastic guru woman. And she went by the name of the mother. So when he came to her, I'm also not remembering, I'll say it anyway, but I don't remember if it's when he came to her or this is just the story. This, I'm pretty sure it's the, the latter. <laughs> That one of the, when he's like introducing who the mother is, he tells a story about somebody who came to the mother. This woman, this woman lived uh, probably uh, 10, 20 years before I was born. She was, she was walking the earth. This Jewish woman uh, who got lost in India, but who had some very special things about her. So she, this, uh, this guy came to become a, a follower of the mother. And as is the way in these... Uh, idolatrous kind of uh, ashrams, you, you, you give yourself over to the guru. Like, uh, maybe if we want to be generous about it, we could say it's like in a similar way, a person like gives themselves over to their teacher in a way of like, if you ever heard that song, Rebbe, 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 you know, giving yourself over, Ruchi, Nishmasi, Nafshi, I'm giving it all over to, you know, okay, maybe, I don't, I don't know exactly how any of these things work, but, um, I'm sure blessed to understand, but, so he came to the mother and he said, I, he said, I give you 100% of myself. He said, I give you 100% of myself. So the mother said back to this fellow, and what makes you think that you have 100% to give? That's what she said. What makes you think that you have 100% of yourself to give over? You think that you're 100% in control of yourself? She said, stay here for a little bit, and maybe, maybe one day you'll be fully able to be 100% in control that you could think of who you want to give it to. You're going to give 100% of yourself. So until Avram Avinu became Avraham and a hay was added to his name and he became 248, 248 limbs in the human body, he wasn't really able to fully play the song. He wasn't able to say, Rabban Shalom, here, take me. Take me, play me. And who are you that you think that you can give yourself over to Hashem to be played? You think that you have full control over yourself. You think that you have the ability to eat whenever you want to eat, and to sleep whenever you want to sleep, and to learn whenever you want to learn, and to... How much of us is enslaved still? How much of us is still enslaved to all types of things that we don't have the ability to give it over to Hashem? And so the key to playing the orchestra, the key to opening up is in this week's parsha, Hashem tells Avram Avinu to give himself a bris. <clears throat> and a bris is something where two sides are in a covenant with each other. It means that each one gives up a little bit of something. What kind of bris is it? And that's why the bris that we have involves the literal removal of a piece of us, a piece of ourselves. The bris means that 
more than just because everybody knows that if you look throughout the Torah, there's a reference to the Arlas Halev. Just like there's an Arla on the Makom Habris, where we get the physical bris, there's also something called the Arlas Halev. And there are other things in the Torah that speak, with the, we speak about different types of... There's Arlas Fasayim. Moshe Rabbeinu says, Arlas Fasayim. I'm Arlas Fasayim, because there's an Arla for this Fasayim. Are we in control of our speech? What are the... What are the songs that we're listening to? What are the... What are the podcasts that we're listening to? How much cursing comes out of our mouth involuntarily because we don't have... I don't know who I'm always before that I should say what needs to be said. I don't know who I'm talking to here. How much... How much Arla is there on our heart? Our, our inability to feel properly? Only a person who's removed and who's made a covenant with God and who's removed the heart and shown complete control over the heart can give it to Hashem. So it's a parsha where we're learning about the bris, the covenant with Hashem. And to the extent that we give ourselves over to Hashem, and that we have control of ourselves to give ourselves over to Hashem, Hashem, who clearly has control, who clearly has control over himself, will be able to give himself to us. That's what a bris is. And so like I said before, we're saying to Hashem, Hashem saying to Hashem, Shuvah Aleichem, return to me and I'll return to you. It means have control over yourself enough that you'll be able to offer yourself to me. And we say back to the Rabbonu Shalom, Hashem Help us to remove the Arla from the heart. Help us to remove the Arla from the lips. Help us to remove the Arla from the foreskin. Help us to remove all those Arlos from our body and from our, from our soul, from our heart. Vinashuva, And we'll be able to move the Shomer from the, from the palace or just at least let him take a nap so I can sneak in every once in a while. Bis <laughs> <laughs>